back to In My Feels. I'm your boy, J.R.E. And I'm Emily. And we have a very special guest with us. I'm going to give a quick intro and then I'm going to let you introduce yourself. Um, He's worked on the sensational Produce 101's Pick Me song, Got Seven's Trust My Love from their latest Die album, as well as with the Got Seven subunit (laughs) Just Two for their song Long Black, as well as In Flying's Huisung, and most recently with April on their latest summer track, Now or Never. I love that song. Please welcome. Welcome, Apu Krishnan. Hey. What's good? Thank you, Emily, for that wonderful intro. Oh, I tried. Yo. Can you please introduce yourself? Oh, sure. I'm Apu. I make music. <laughs> That's the best intro, you know. <laughs> I would say since uh, 2017, I've okay, been uh, really into the... Well, music has been mm. since forever. I can't remember. Mm-hmm. But uh, for sure. 2017, I've been really in the K-pop industry. You know, kind of started okay. off, stumbled into it, I should say, by accident a little bit. But then I fell in love with it and uh, K-pop started growing internationally a lot more. Yes, a lot more. <laughs> yeah, a lot more. Since. So, yeah, now I feel like that's home, you know. No, that makes sense. Yeah. So, like, your first K-pop song you ever created or worked on, sorry, uh, was Produce 101's Pick Me, right? That's right. Did you ever get the chance to watch the show after creating that song? No, I didn't. I watched. <laughs> sorry, I watched the uh, uh, YouTube videos ever since. Oh. After that, That's so what one. happened with Pick Me was um, I wasn't aware. Okay, I'm sorry, K-pop fans, but I wasn't aware of the extents of Produce One Hundred One. Yeah, okay. you know, because um, it kind of came together. Um, through a network of friends who were of course in a bunch of K-pop. Anyway, I knew there was a song that was placed in Korea, mm. and that went like that for I would say a good two months. And then what happened was a friend of mine who ended up becoming my publisher at the time um, called me and asked me if I worked on the song because she saw my name on it. And oh. that's when I knew, like, maybe after a good three months that the song was huge and one one became... So I had the delayed gratification a little bit. So I missed out on all the, you know... Like, yeah. as it was happening. And now, you know, you know, I it's... wish I could take that time. <laughs> no, it's definitely an iconic song in the K-pop world now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I um I was actually just listening to a podcast where they're talking about survival shows and like how big like the peak of survival shows even though it, it started really with Big Bang kind of um like the peak of survival shows was on that second or first second season of Produce 101 um so that's really cool to, that you were a part of that um and you said the song was placed in Korea what does that mean when a song is placed so what usually happens is you know like right now I'm working on a song, like right mm-hmm. before I got on the call. So that would be, usually we start with some kind of an instrumental of the mm-hmm. song. Of course. And then we will write usually like a English lyric and melody to the song because we are all in America right now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, we don't have a lot of native Korean songwriters. So once that's done, uh, us directly or usually through our publishers, the song gets sent, you know, uh, to like a label, basically, you know? I so see. the label, let's say JYP or SM Entertainment or 
mm-hmm. whoever you know the artist is with, they would pretty much pick and choose the song for that particular artist. The mm. so ones yeah. it is being chosen, which is the placement part of it. You ah, know? okay. Then what we do is they would figure out a translator songwriter. Mm. They're not just literal translators, you know, actual songwriters. Mm-hmm. So they would usually take the concept of a song and they might keep some or most of the English lyrics, depending yeah. on the artist, you know. In, in Now or Never, for example, it was mostly just the title was there, you know. Yeah. And they would recreate the lyric in Korean yeah. or Japanese or whichever release that is. Mm-hmm. And then basically the artist records it. And sometimes we get the vocals back and uh, we get to work a lot more to customize it, sort of, you know. Mm. And that's, you know, after that process is when it's released, basically. Okay, okay. okay. So, so they don't necessarily uh, notify you when the song like goes like they they say like oh your song's being placed but they don't let you know like it's out if that makes sense. Well, by that so, so this is what happens. So when a song gets sort of selected at first, mm-hmm. like before that actual placement happens, there's a period called a hold. So hold means let's say, uh, just for example, Dot Seven wants to, you know, uh, sing a song that I did, you know, mm-hmm. and they would say, okay, we want this on hold for like a month or two months or whatever that time period is. Oh, sometimes okay. it's very short. They will just immediately commit to it. But sometimes okay. it's just a question of they might be in the process of making that whole album and that EP or album might have like 10 songs or something on it. So mm-hmm. you need to finish the whole project to make sure these are the ones that's going to come out. Right. Mm-hmm. So that's when you kind of know after the hold if the song is actually getting placed or not, you know? I see. So hopefully, you know, all the songwriters and myself would think it will get placed. There are some rare occasions that might not be the right thing for them, and the label will, you know, send it to another artist at that point. Okay. Mm. But there is a feedback system, but sometimes in a hold situation, it could be a month or two, so you don't really know what's happening. But definitely when the whole is confirmed, they will let me know. And uh, a lot of times you end up, you know, getting the vocals back. Or what we do is we have to send all the tracks separately for the mixing mm. here on their end. Oh. So I would have to bounce the drums out, the bass, or whatever tracks they are. I'd have to take them out separately. And that's when you really know, you know. Okay. Ah. And you sign a contract, so... Of course. So, <laughs> so after all that, it's like official. Okay, this is what's happening. Mm. Okay. So, so after you did pick me, um, you know, I, I, one thing I've, I guess, a lot of the people we've, you know, are, are aware of, um, a lot of them have continued to work in K-pop after they worked that first time. So, in your experience, and it seems like it might be the case, do you normally mm. continue to be tabbed for other? potential k-pop tracks like after that first mm. one like after pick me were you like was it just kind of like a like oh now i'm working with jyp and you know now i'm working with you know FNC. like where it gets around yeah exactly um how does that work and you know when they when you have that amazing track and then they reach out to you after that if that's how it works that's exactly how it works okay exactly how it worked for me mm. so what happened was you know pick me thankfully was kind of a bigger song over there so 
we ended up getting a lot of calls and uh, you know my friend who ended up again my publisher at the time she mm-hmm. reached out to me for more tracks and uh, we had a pretty long working relationship for years after that mm-hmm. you know so uh, yeah it was just one after the other and i personally enjoyed it too you know so there's that as well yeah. not everything you do you just get to continue it like that but mm-hmm. it was a good time in my life to kind of you know see that through yeah and i know one thing you said was uh recently in an interview was that you actually had plans to go to korea had uh the quarantine not happened um how has the quarantine process like made the production process different for you if it has at all honestly uh i got to say the quarantine there's a silver lining of it is we have been 100% focused oh. you know so it would have been great to go to korea you know yeah. i mean i would still do it mm-hmm. and uh, would love to be in the studio with more writers and hopefully mm-hmm. artists and all that kind of good stuff and that was the plan but what happened was because of the quarantine i really can't go anywhere exactly. which means <laughs> not even like beach days or whatever you know mm. i'm a little paranoid germaphobe so <laughs> i'm like pretty much in the studio like at least 6 days a week you know okay and the uh, same is with the other guys that i have we have adjacent rooms you know mm-hmm. so we've been working just online with all the writers i yes. believe that's a case with all the writers so since quarantine our uh, our uh, production has probably gone up in numbers oh oh wow and uh, but that said the whole industry had a little bit of you know everybody was shocked like every industry mm. in the world was you know of course affected by this thing so but i feel like korea kpop and uh, asia in general has bounced back so wonderfully and uh, i'm sure you guys know more about you know like all the platforms they're developing as well yeah, yeah, yeah. all the online concerts and stuff so because of all that i would say i feel pretty okay with the quarantine thing. Hmm. Okay, yeah. I agree. I see it that way too. Okay. You're more focused too. Yeah, yeah I feel it, there's nothing else to do, so So it's like why not just send <laughs> me a project? Not? Let's keep on going. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. So, and one of the other things I saw that you've been doing is you have been judging um a couple of like regional competitions in India. Oh. Um Bangalore regionals and the Hyderabad regional round. What what exactly <laughs> are these competitions that you've been judging? So what's happening in india is like right after got 7 i got introduced to your friend anthea and a lot of folks like that you know mm-hmm. who run fans associations and do an amazing job you know creating sort of a kpop movement in india oh nice so yeah with the help of the korean government you know what they're doing is and this has been happening for a few years i just got to know about it in 2020 you know mm-hmm. they have uh, an all india kpop competition where oh, okay. as i understand the winners would be you know well if there wasn't covid will be taken to korea yeah. be like you know this is a very involved operation of the korean cultural department of the government mm-hmm. what happens is to be able to compete to the national level they have fine correct like i believe 18 cities in india mm. they wow. have these regional competitions you know 
and uh, I've been uh, fortunate enough to be a part of um, two of the cities, Bangalore and Hyderabad. You know, hey. so it's been just wonderful seeing so much talent. Like really, I was really amazed, and especially like it blows my mind. I mean, I'm glad that I do K-pop, but I don't speak Korean. I mean, apart from a word or two, you know. Yeah, for sure. But, like the girls and boys who've been performing in them. Their Korean is fluent, like, and it's not just me <laughs> saying it because I had native Korean speakers judging with me, and they were ah, so wow. I was just like blown away. So it's a great movement that's going on. Wow, I love that! Wow, I and so they're they're competing like dance wise or like songs as well, or it's like a whole package type thing. So it is vocal and dance. Okay. So the vocal ones are just based on obviously how well they sing and their pronunciation mm -hmm. and emotion and stuff mm -hmm. like that. A little bit of stage presence, of course. Mm -hmm. And then the dancing is choreography, how well the technique is and stuff like that. Ah, oh, interesting. Huh. That reminds me kind of of the, the Z boys, uh, Z girls kind of thing mm -hmm. that people have going on. Um, that's really awesome. That's really cool you get to do that. Um, Speaking of India, you know, pursuing a career in the arts is quite difficult. You know, us parents tend to not be as welcoming to the career in the arts. Even in, in my Asian background, I'm half Filipino, so I was supposed to be a nurse, but I'm a social media influencer now. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, your background is basically a, a bit different from some of your relatives, I'm guessing, uh, who are <laughs> classically trained. So what is your advice for anyone experiencing like this or like their pushback from their parents due to them, you know, wanting to pursue music or, or music journalism, to be honest? You know, I'm 38 now, mm. so what I would say right now, looking back, would be very different from the attitude I had when I was 20, you know? For sure. So most of the uh, guys and girls who are going into art or music at the time, getting all that pushback, is probably feeling a little bit of disappointment or even anger, which all of us kind of felt, you know, at the time. But... The one thing I would say is when somebody, including your parents, when they mm -hmm. give you advice, usually it comes from, a, I mean, always almost, it comes from a very good place. For sure, yeah. You know what I mean? So that doesn't always mean that it's the right advice. It just comes out of love, right? Mm -hmm. So my dad and mom, I've really understood, like over the years, what they kind of went through emotionally when mm -hmm. they had to sort of accept because nobody knows what's going to happen in a career in music. Like if you're a doctor or lawyer or any of those kind of professions, what happens is like, okay, you can be an okay doctor and do pretty well. You have to be pretty great musician or, like, you know, we work as hard as or more harder than any other professional in the world, like people who do art, right? Mm. But what you get a lot of times in return, it's not, you know, like a salary, you know? There is an element of luck, there's an element of networking, there's so many variables that even if you're confident, you know, about your skills, like that can throw off your parents and family, all your well-wishers. Mm. So that's where it really comes from. And it was really hard for me to understand that. So if, if it is of any advice, like people who do that, I would say you should obviously keep following your heart, mm -hmm. but have a plan. Yeah. That is what 
was my problem or like what I had to learn in my early 20s. You know, it's just like, oh, I want to go to Hollywood and make music. Yeah. And that's good. <laughs> but risky, how but... are you going to do it? You know, you have to like really plan things through. And it's, and your plan might not work, but sure. at least you have a plan so that you kind of know how to edit that plan as mm-hmm. your life kind of goes through. So don't take it as like with a resentment, you know, which I did to an extent. I mean, I love my parents, but yeah. that, there was that part of that, you know, but uh, it's just that once I started planning things around, that's when life started going in the direction of Plan well exactly. and just follow your heart is what I would say. I know. I mean, that feels like it's the most corniest thing to say, but it's actually kind of true. <laughs> like, just it's really what it is. Yeah. It's like follow your heart, but have a backup plan. <laughs> <laughs> right. I would. I wouldn't say backup plan. Not, that backup plan. Not a backup plan. That was my biggest issue, actually, Brett. Mm. Because I did bachelor's in mechanical engineering, you know, and all those like college stuff yeah. before. Because mm. this whole thing was like okay, I have to make, music is what I want, but everybody wanted me to go to college for four years. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm not asking anybody to quit college or not go to high school or anything like no, that. No, no, for sure. What I'm saying is, like, I kind of wish I pursued this a little bit earlier, but with a solid plan. I got so you. if I wanted to go to college, I should have gone to business school. Yeah. I should exactly. have taken music law. You know what I mean? Things should have worked into the bigger picture no exactly but when you're any 16 17 whatever i was out of high school who knew any of these things you know yeah i mean we're all everybody makes mistakes you know like nobody really knows what they really want until like at at 16 do you really know what you're gonna be unless you unless you do know that's lucky for you (laughs) but yeah right (laughs) i mean honestly i wanted to play keys on stage and uh, Hopefully, you know, like girls will take a liking to me. That was <laughs> of course. That's how it was like. really. <laughs> there was no other way I could get somebody, so that was it. <laughs> Music, no, it's, it's <laughs> kind true. of ended it's there, <laughs> but <laughs> but now you own your own company, right? Yeah, Loud Boy Music. Yeah. What? Well, wait, what was the reasoning behind that name? Um. Okay, it's okay. a little <laughs> not the most interesting story, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I had to, you know. I mean, obviously. Having the company was kind of something thought after and I needed it, you know? Yeah. Because I've been working um, a lot with a similar group of people, like producers, to share my workload. Mm-hmm. And uh, at some point, it got to a place where I wasn't musically involved with some of the songs, but I had to sort of facilitate instead, sort of exactly. produce a little bit. Mm. And uh, that became a collective sort of organically. And then for the sake of royalty collection and stuff like that, we mm-hmm. had to form a company. So yeah. when it was an LLC at first, I had to find a name, you know, mm. I was just going between names and I'm a pretty, I wouldn't You're... call me a loud guy, but I do like to talk if you haven't noticed. <laughs> that, you know? So I just figured, you know, I was kicked out of class for, you know, being a dog oh. and making noise and all of that. Maybe that was it. I listen pretty loud. You know, I know engineers are not supposed to do that, but, you know, <laughs> I do like loud music. So kind of 
came into that name. It's not bad of a story. Like he thought he set it up that way. It's yeah. I mean, it's from I the mean, past. Yeah. There were a couple names basically, you know, of and course. then I was that was the anticlimactic part, and this was the one that was not. Lab boy music works. Yeah. You know? But now I think I really like it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I like it too. That's what I'm saying. Let's see. What about song camps that makes them like a necessity in K-pop or? How often are you working with like the idols, the artists themselves too? Um, in Korea, I haven't had the chance to work to with do. an idol artist. So it's always just online. Send yeah, back because okay. of the geography. But song camps, obviously, yes. Because mm. a lot of times it's not the artists, you know, who yeah. shows up at the song camp. Oh, for sure, yeah. It's the publishers and songwriters. Mm-hmm. So we used to do them until COVID ended. And the whole point of going to Korea was something like that. Yeah, yeah. You know? So, yeah, it's really good because you get a whole bunch of people in one room and you have this goal, you know, mm-hmm. to make something happen in, like, the next, I don't know, yeah, six hours magic. or whatnot, you know? <laughs> and uh, I really like that pressure of a deadline. That's what I was going to ask. Like, did you, do you like rather doing it by yourself, sending off, or, like, being in hands-on with everybody else yeah, uh, collaboration obviously yeah. all the time it's, it's just fun yeah me being by myself you know it's just yeah i mean i enjoy that <laughs> usually you know what happens is when i get stuck on something mm. i can just lose an hour or more sometimes a day just yeah. trying to figure something out yeah uh-huh. so sometimes all it takes is another guy to go, yeah, oh, why don't you do it this way? Mm. Or sometimes, you know, be like, no, it's good. Mm. Yeah. That sometimes as a creative person, what you need is that validation. The val- yeah. Like 20 minutes before we were talking, I'm like working on a song right now. Mm-hmm. And uh, Mike, one of my producer guys at Loud Boy, he walked in and I was just like, hey, I don't know about this thing. I, I just don't think the chorus is... I'm like, you know, venting and sad and depressed and oh, again, no. like from 5.30 or 6 in the morning, I've been, you know, trying to do something. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's like, it's fine. <laughs> I'm like, oh, I guess it's okay then. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> I, know I like it. <laughs> so, right. Exactly. So yeah, sometimes that's what you need. You know, it's a validation that you need. So, I, yeah. I guess you could like feed off each other's energy and like yeah. something. Yeah. Absolutely. Especially if it's like, you know, usually publishers try to put in like like-minded people. You know? mm. What What was the most uh, pressure you've been on, like on a song? I mean, you don't have to be specific, but like, where you had to like create something in like an hour, thirty minutes. Have you been like that? Yeah, um, hour and thirty minutes. I would say, a lot of times in song camps, we have started things. Yeah. So there was ah. this one song. I can't name it because it's not placed yet, you know? Of course, that's fine. Uh, there was, it was the same song camp that we did the GOT7 song, you mm. know? So mm-hmm. it was like, I want to say it was 1 a.m. when we started it at mm. night. Okay. And uh, it was me and my buddy Keith, um, it's the same person who did the GOT7 thing with me. We were working, I just had click on, like the, you know, click track and yeah. on. And, um, the songwriter was on her way and she lives like five miles away. Ooh. And then Keith was just going through his sound libraries. We were going to create something, you know? Yeah. And, uh, 
he just kept skipping and I liked something that I heard. And okay. <laughs> I was like, oh, no, 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 that one. Mm-hmm. And we started pulling things in together. By the time she got there, we kind of had most of it. So I okay. would say it took a good 20 minutes. Oh, nice. Wow. But that worked out because everything we did, maybe yeah. because of the pressure or maybe because we didn't think too much, mm-hmm. you know, it just came together so well. But okay. some songs take two or three days. Some songs, yeah. something like that. I don't know. Do you like to thrive under pressure or, or do you like? Yeah, I do. Okay. Because I can, I can get lazy watching YouTube. <laughs> no, nah, I feel on that distracted, whatever, you know? Yeah, I feel that. Um, you mentioned uh, the different uh, personalities that you might encounter at a song camp. Um, you said that if you've been doing it for a while, then you kind of just realize that the song is important, more important than like your ego. Um, and I guess for those who haven't been doing it for a while, have you, is that where you might encounter the egos that might come in? Like, oh, well, I have this hit track with this person. Like, I'm going to, you know what I mean? <laughs> it's, it's more than that. I haven't had that, honestly, that much. But okay. more than that, what happens is if somebody who's not super experienced comes in, they kind of feel like they have to do something. They have mm. to contribute, you know? And mm. that can be uh, tricky. Okay. Because, like, you know, there are situations where, let's say if there's three of us in the room trying to write a song, and Emily and Ray, you guys are vibing really, really well, and mm-hmm. it's all going great. And let's say if I'm the producer, you guys are the songwriters, what I need to do is just shut up and cheer you up. Uh-huh. Okay. I don't need to put my two cents in there. Like, you know, like sometimes like saying nothing is okay. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> sometimes it, oh, it's really, really hard for like, they would be like, oh, I'm in this room. I have to prove myself, you know? Mm-hmm. And uh, there's nothing you can do about it. You just, you know. Right, right. I, I guess on that note then, continuing on, like when it is a positive thing, how important is like networking in the producer songwriter world? Um, at, in another article, you were talking about how um, a lot of the times that you, uh, I guess, are memorable to you is when you guys did have the songwriting camps and you guys would go out in K-Town in LA and like, you know, hang out with each other, you know, carefree kind of night. Um, actually, I think one of the, uh, someone both me and Jay know, um, Nate or Davey? Yeah. 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 He's like right. He's right in K-Town. He has his studio there. So I was just thinking like, oh, did y'all go to like Mama Lion and like places like that? Obviously. Yeah. Mama Lion. (laughs) Takes everybody to Mama Lion. Everybody does. Cafe Blue. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Oh, like the importance of networking within the producer world with other songwriters, engineers, that kind of thing. Absolutely. You know, it's, I think it's the most important thing. Of Mm. course, you need to have skill set right talent and skill set and all that kind of stuff but mm. if your songs are just sitting in your hard drive nobody cares you know mm. they're just gonna sit there and get old you know pop songs do get old like production of these you know mm. so like i had this i was taught this by a great mixing engineer friend of mine mm. i would even you know go as far saying like he mentored me at a lot of levels you know even though I wasn't like really assistant, more like a friend. Mm-hmm. But uh, Dave Pensado is, he's got a channel called Pensado's Place and all that. 
So okay, shout out. I was uh, um, I was kind of under this whole impression was like my music was, you know, it need to be the best thing, and then mm. the world will kind of somehow work itself out, you know, mm-hmm. for it to come out. This is years ago, and they've kind of pretty much you know smacked me out of it hmm. by saying like, look. If you don't network, if you don't plan, you always have to work with the people you're trying to sell to. Mm. You know? And uh, if one particular situation is not happening, you have to go find 10 other situations. Okay. And that's really on you. And especially when you're, um, if somebody is like starting out, there is no manager or publisher or agent or anybody going to like set up that for you. Mm-hmm. And it's even more important for you at that point to like network as much as possible. And of even course. if you're successful, it's really about the next thing. Right? Mm-hmm. So yeah, don't miss any chance trying to network. That reminds me of like that saying, like you're only as good as your last thing. Like you have to continue like, or else like, yeah, I worked on Christina Aguilera's song in 2005. Like what have you done since then kind of thing, you know? I mean, it's it's a nice thing that, you know, you did that, obviously you have your confidence and you mm-hmm. have a brand name and whatnot, but that mm-hmm. doesn't write you in that song. Right. You know? True. So, so like with April's uh, latest track, Now or Never, obviously it's a very summer-driven, like, bright song. Were you given a direction um, of how that was supposed to sound or... Is and and with that, if you were like, is it better to be given like direct ideas from the company of like this is how we kind of want this to sound, or to kind of just start and then like you said, the song gets placed wherever it, it, it gets placed. Right. I mean, we work in both ways. The particular song I'm working on right now, it does have a direction in us. Okay. But uh, April didn't have a direction because mm. um, I rem- um, it was uh, just a kid, you know. The- producer I worked with on mm-hmm. him and I had this sort of a skeleton track and okay. uh, I worked with my friend Mayu and uh, you know I sent her like a skeleton track and uh, I was sort of experimenting with some phone lines kind of thing yeah and uh, she started singing on top of it and I was like oh what you sing is actually better than this so we <laughs> kind of wrote it over cacao talk in a way Wow, you know, so like she would say like little voice (laughs) notes, and I will change the chords around, and yeah, it just came together like that. And then I finished it, and uh, I think yeah, it's Mayu's friend Jay from uh, KAA, you know, Key Artist Agency. Okay, ended up you know going to April's people and got a place. Yeah, they didn't change a thing. They were wow. So. It just works. That doesn't sometimes. happen all the time, but that particular one, it was really what we did is the record. I mean, obviously, lyrics changed. Mm, of course, yeah. Uh, for budding producers, is it necessary to have your own home studio? Uh, home studio, or... yes and no. I mean, if you are a songwriter producer, mm. definitely need to have a laptop, headphones. You can do a lot with that. You know, mm-hmm. but the moment you kind of get to a place where you can produce tracks, you know, yeah. then how well you sound starts to become important, right? Mm-hmm. I don't think that to make really good music, 
you need to be in a million dollar studio at all. But as you get better and better, and as your stakes in the industry gets higher and higher, then obviously you're making money. And Mm -hmm. uh, it's really good to invest in yourself more than anything else. So um, I've spent, um, and obviously it's a problem, more than okay. I should on, you know, gear. Uh, and, you know, first of all, it does make me happy, you know, mm-hmm. because I spend a lot of time in a room and yeah. uh, all producers do. And then you have to make sure that environment is really good for making music. So mm. if you are sitting in a living room where your, you know, younger brother or sister is like watching TV or you have your headphones going, yes, you can still make music, but mm-hmm. it probably might not be ideal. So you oh, might want to make your bedroom kind of like your sort of space. Exactly. Yeah. So yes, it would be nice to have a space for yourself. But mm. It doesn't have to be, you know, record plan or capital. You know? Not for real. That makes sense, of course. You don't need that. Yeah, my, my brother, w- during quarantine, we were all home and he would sit there and make his little beats off to the side. And he would just, his headphones would be so loud. And if any, my dad or my or myself, like, bothered him, he would get so irritated with us. <laughs> but, like, my our house doesn't have a studio, so he, it was, it was like, a makeshift thing. Um, he tried to find his own area. But I totally under, I guess, hearing that, I'm like, oh, maybe I shouldn't bother him when he's trying to do his stuff. Of course not. <laughs> that could be the next big record, you know? I know. True. You never know. You never know. Like, seriously, you know, you don't know, like, that's the coolest thing about music, right? You know, you can have like nothing right now and like 15 seconds later, you could have like part of a hit song. Mm-hmm. So. That's crazy. Think of it like that, yeah. Well, thank you so much, Apu, for being a guest on In My thank Feels. You. Um, do you have anything that you would like to promote or, you know, hint at, at what you have coming out, that kind of thing? Uh, at the moment, I really want to thank you guys, you know. Oh, thank you. The, the viewers of your podcast, too. I've, seen a few of them actually right now you know it's nice. really really wonderful what you guys do especially for k-pop you know hey for sure thank you all the best to what you guys are doing all the best to you too man <laughs> thank you and where can people follow you on instagram sure instagram um it's uh, just my name Apu Krishna. there's a lot of Apus, so yeah but uh yeah i think that's the best one I do okay. have a website, uh, loudboymusic.com, but there it's really for company stuff. And oh, all. yeah. Nice, nice. Well, thank you so much. And that's it for In My Feels. I'm JRE. I'm Emily Heidel. I'm Apu Krishna. And thank you for listening. Thank you for listening. Bye. Bye.